0: What happens when you put two middle-aged guys together, each with full-time jobs, five kids between them, and a couple of wives who don't give them a big enough allowance to spend on production value for a fantasy sports show? It sure as hell isn't going to be any good, but they insist on doing this nonsense anyway. So without further ado, it's time for the Fighting Chance Fantasy Show with Ryan Hallam and Steve Rapid. Welcome back, everybody. I know it's t- it's a special Tuesday. It's not Thursday. It is Tuesday, and it's time for another edition of the Fighting Chance Fantasy Show. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you for joining us. It is our final baseball show of the year. I know there's three months, three plus months still left of the baseball season, but come on. If you haven't got it figured out by now, yeah. What do you? No, no I'm just kidding. I know it's a long way to go, uh, but we are going to be switching to football. Uh, Going forward, so we're very happy to do this last baseball show of the year, and actually I keep saying we, and it is just me, Steve Rappin is off this evening. Uh, I won't say why, like I did the other day on the football show, because that was, uh, I made up a gross reason, but he's just not with us tonight, so instead, I thought that we bring back one of our favorite baseball guests of the year, and that is, uh, well, I'm going to call you our own now, since this is the second time you've been on the show, Ellen Adair, are you with us?
1: Yes, I'm glad to be your own. Uh, but I just have to say, like, my wife doesn't give me any kind of an allowance either. Uh, so She sucks. Like, yeah, yeah, she's the old ball and chain.
0: Yeah, they tend to be. So, Ellen, as you all know, has uh, been on the show before. She's been on uh, many of your favorite TV shows, like The Center Homeland, Billions. And she is now on, uh, you have your own web series. It's oh, I want to say it's Roommating, correct?
1: Yes, yes, you are correctly informed.
0: And you also yeah, have I'm, a book I, of poetry I, now? You are all over the place.
1: I am all over the place, yeah, maybe... Jack of many trades, master of none. Uh, yes, the, the web series is not, I can't take credit for writing or producing or directing it or anything. I am just in it. I am the main person in the web series, but it is not my web series in any other way. Um, that said, it is delightful, and you should go watch it, um, com, or you can just look up Roommating on YouTube, and I think you'll find it.
0: And you have a book of poetry, which is now out, that I've been meaning to purchase, and I haven't quite got around to yet you want to oh, plug that well, real quick?
1: That's kind of you to even say that you want to buy my book of poetry. Listen,
0: you support us by being on the show. I'd like to support yeah. the things you do as well. I, I think that's that's how this works.
1: Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Yeah.
0: So, and, of course, you are most well-known, well, hopefully not, but definitely, uh, in this, at least in the baseball community, for being, and I won't say Philly fanatic because that's already taken, but an absolute... Uh, you know, crazy person for the Philadelphia Phillies.
1: Oh, yeah, it's unhealthy. Yeah.
0: So I saw that they won tonight 7-3 to over the uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and can I ask if Scott Kingery can stop hitting home runs, at least for this week, because I'm going against him in the League, and he's murdering me.
1: No, he can't stop just hitting home runs. Just for a few more
0: days. Today. He can start again next week. Uh,
1: No, he's got to just keep on hitting the Kingery dingeries
0: from uh. now
1: until the end of time.
0: It, it's, uh, it's nice to see him coming. He's a, he's a guy who, uh, you know, a big-time prospect who, yeah, i got to say, didn't exactly quite, you know, light the world on fire right off the bat, so it's nice to see him uh, him hitting his stride. He's a guy that Steve plugged all last year, uh, you know, with a little bit of disappointment, and I know he was on again this year. So it's good to see uh, the young man finally starting to break out of his shell.
1: Oh yeah, I'm I'm so thrilled. I now own Scott Kingery in 100% of the leagues <laughs> that I have, um, but I only uh, drafted him in one of those, I'll go ahead and be honest, but it's mostly because I was just not sure where the playing time was going to come from, and now unfortunately and sadly we know that the playing time uh, will assuredly come from uh, being in center field now that we've lost Andrew McCutcheon. The, it seems like since Michael Franco cooled off after his first like five games of the season, um, that the Phillies were really into starting Kingery at third, and I kind of hope that he can spell Hernandez a little bit because now Hernandez is struggling. So I I hope to see Kingery in the lineup. Every day from here on out.
0: Oh, I think the way he's hitting right now, I think that uh, I think that's a pretty good bet. So definitely, if he's out there, and I haven't looked at his, his uh, ownership percentage, but I'm sure it's skyrocketed in the last few days. Uh, definitely, you know,
1: in ESPN, it's still pretty low. Really, I've done my part part <laughs> to raise his ownership percentage. But yeah, it's like if if a listener is in an ESPN league, you can probably go out and get him.
0: All right. Well, we're going to come back to the Phillies, but you're not just a Philly fan. You are a baseball fanatic through and through. Uh, I was a little surprised you weren't at any of the Subway Series game uh, today, uh, as the Mets and the Yankees squared off, as they split the two games. I'm not sure is that the end of the series. I can't even. I honestly don't even know. You know, I think
1: it is, but I'm not. Also, not certain.
0: Okay. Well. Aren't we both so informed? <laughs> oh, we're
1: both really excellent baseball fans. You're like, yeah, look at this lady. She knows everything about baseball. Like, how many more games are there in this series? And I'm
0: like, uh, I don't know. Oh, you know what? They are. All, that That is the end. because, And I should know that because the Cardinals are coming into to City Field this weekend, a game I was supposed to go to and no longer can. So, yes, this is the end of the line for the Mets and the Yankees. But we're going to go bounce around the league. And it's going to be, ba- you know what, we're going to come back to the Phillies for just a second. Your pitcher tonight, Jake Ariel got the win, 6-5. and The ERA is like 4.5. But I'm harking back to last year, and I don't know that I've ever used the word harken on this podcast before. But if you remember last year, he was one of those guys that signed really late. Might have even been into spring training. And then came out, and Lance Lynn was another one, came out and kind of stunk, I guess for lack of a better word. Uh, and now this year, it was even taken a little bit step farther as two pretty good pitchers, Uh, one starter, one reliever, uh, didn't get signed until a a few days ago, and one is going to be Dallas Keuchel was signed by the Atlanta Braves, Uh, everyone here in New York is pissed, or at least the Yankee fans, because they thought he was going to come to the Yankees to try to help him, but the Braves... Uh, in your Phillies division pickup, Dallas Keuchel. Uh, He's going to make a couple starts in the minors, but here's a starting pitcher who, you know, starting pitchers in general are creatures of habits, and now he's two months into the season without a start. Now, do you think that means that we're in for a lot of rust, or could it be a good thing in that he doesn't have the first 70-so innings on his arm, and maybe he's going to be good late into the season?
1: Yeah, I can really, you know, with so many of these uh, sort of mid-season big free agent signings, I feel like I can see a number of different narratives spinning out entirely dependent upon how they end up doing. And it's hard to say, since many pitchers who have signed mid-season in the past have not been great, but then that's often been because they were sort of less good pitchers to begin with. So... They were like the, the James Shields and the Giovanni Gallardo of the world, just to like name some other free agent pitchers who are still out there in case some team wants to sign them. Um, but they were not Dallas Keuchel. Um, so I guess my expectation is actually that, that Keuchel is going to be solid by the time that we see him in the majors. I'm just not sure how long it's going to take for him to get back. So he did just – I think this was yesterday uh, – pitch seven innings of scoreless ball with nine strikeouts and one hit. Um, this was at Class A. Uh, so I think that that's proof that he hasn't totally forgotten how to pitch, um, even if it was Class A and even if nobody in their right mind is expecting nine strikeouts from him. Um, but partly I think even though they have not been playing baseball – it's not like these pitchers have been sitting around watching the NBA playoffs and eating bean dip. I'm sure they've been conditioning themselves, assuming that they're going to get signed at some point.
0: You know, and he he was uh, very adamant about that—that that he was keeping himself in good shape. But you know, a lot of people, you know, John Daly, you know, thinks he's in good shape on the golf course. So uh, you can't—you know—you can't always <laughs> take that—you uh, know—what athletes say with a grain of salt. But the fact that, you know. Like you were saying, his stats. What I liked the most was the seven innings. The fact that he was able to throw that many pitches his first time out was certainly encouraging. That Keuchel has been, you know, keeping everything serious and being staying on somewhat of a routine, even if it's not, you know, a major league game, which clearly is, uh, you know, different from even you know practicing or extended spring training or even you know a minor league game. It's it's very different, but the fact that he threw that many innings uh, certainly certainly was a, a, a welcome sight.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that it was very promising. And I think to a certain extent, it's still we're going to have to see what happens when he at least starts at AAA. But I don't know if, you know, if he starts at AAA and does really well, I can see the Braves deciding to bring him up sooner. You know, if it doesn't really look like there's any rust on the arm, uh, I, I can see them making that move. Uh, And, you know, that's partly because I think everybody's expectation was that he was going to be replacing um, Gossman in the rotation long-term, which I think is still going to happen. But the Braves um, put Gossman on the IL with plantar fasciitis, and and Newcomb is replacing Gossman in the rotation for now. So, I mean, it's really an academic point on whether or not Keichel is replacing Gossman or Newcomb, but I, I don't know if the... IELTS for Gossman means that they're going to want to try to bring up Keichel sooner. Um, Yeah. I I, I guess we could also see Gossman again. We could see him spot start later in the, uh, in the season just to limit the innings for Soroka or Freed since the Braves are making their postseason run. Damn them.
0: (laughs) So we'll go from my your team's rival to my team's rivals. Craig Kimbrell signs on with the, uh, the Cubs, you know, got a decent deal over the three years in the $40 million range. Uh, clearly not what he think. I still think he thought he was going to get a longer deal, but it still turned out to be more than I thought it would be. Clearly when he's ready, he's going to take over as the closer. Maybe he'll come in a couple games, uh, you know, in the eighth inning or, or you know, a, a less stressful situation just to get back into a game. But uh, is there any reason that you think – due to this layoff, that Krimber won't be one of the better closers in baseball?
1: Again, I think I'm just expecting that by the time that the Cubs get him up, that he'll probably be pretty good. And they've actually sort of come out and given us a timeline as to when they expect him, to, uh, expect us to see him in the majors, which is, I think, three weeks so i'm pretty sure that they're going to want to make sure that he's really healthy and you know they want to be careful that he doesn't injure himself because of the delivery on this curveball and i i they have pedro strope right now and they have kimbrel for 3 whole years unlike the you know half year ultimately that the braves are getting Keuchel. and so i'm sure that they're more motivated to make sure that they are really protecting their asset here
0: yeah because clearly he like you said with the contract situation he's clearly more of an asset than than Keuchel is to the Braves and with the uh, Cubs you know they're only half a game out of first without him so I, I think they can afford to Take a little time if it you know if it needs to. I think they're also they're sitting in the first wild card spot so they're you know three games up on the Rockies for the second wild card so they've got a little bit of breathing room where uh, you know Atlanta is sitting in the second wild card uh, you know has some pitching issues and, and I think would like to get Keikel up. Sooner rather than later, but I, I agree. I think that that Kimbrel will be good. I have held him in one league this entire time, waiting for him to sign.
1: Congratulations! And
0: my worst, Yay. my worst nightmare that he signs with my least favorite team. But, oh. anyway, them's the breaks, well, as they say sometimes. I
1: I have to tell you, like even though it was they were not really rumored at all to get him, I so wanted the Phillies to get Kimbrel. Um, just so that they wouldn't have to trade things to address all of their glaring holes and they've got the money. Um, But my my best friend, who is a Cubs fan, simmer down, um, texted me when the news was announced that it made her more nauseated than anything else. But I think that's really because she was thinking of, of of course, Kimbrel's highly visible, utter lack of dependability in the postseason. Yes. And, And I think that is, has to be a, sort of a question in all of our minds because it's actually a slightly larger sample that he had a kind of, he had a bad ERA basically after the all-star break last year. But when you look at it more granularly, it was really only a span of six starts that were bad. He was excellent in September um, and his velocity dipped a little bit, but it was a mile an hour. And so that's not awful when it means you're still throwing 98 miles an hour. So, I I don't I don't I don't know that I buy that he'll be bad even if he doesn't get back to the closer that he was in 2017. Um, I just feel like once he's back in, you know, he's probably top five and could be top two or three closers for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, that's that's my fear. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm a long way from his biggest fan, but whatever. What can you do? Uh, let's move over to the American. Well, did you go ahead?
1: Would you want him on the Cardinals? Like, are you not his biggest fan now because he's on your rival team? Yes. Or, Okay. All right. I mean, I'm very happy
0: yeah. with Jordan Hicks, a, a very good, young, fireballing uh, closer that, you know, we pay no money to because he's 23 or whatever years old. Uh, so, yeah. you know, based on our roster right now, I wouldn't want him if we had a glaring hole. At the position, then yes, I would be very, I would be on board with having Kimbrel. But given our situation and the money, I would rather have who we have than taking a chance on on Kimbrel. I mean, he's also he's not a spring chicken. He's, he's not he's not fifty, but he's not you know he's not twenty two no, anymore. I think he's
1: thirty.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, it's true. I you know I mean he's had a couple injuries. Ways, this is true. Yeah, in some ways, if if he he's not good, then I will be at least able to. Gl- be glad that the Phillies didn't get him, but I don't know. I always want people to succeed and I'm sort of divided in terms of free agency as to whether or not, I, what, like what the narrative will be, you know, on the one hand, if he ramps up and he's awesome, everyone could say, like, see, there was no harm here and we can continue to wait to sign free agent All-Stars until June. But I can also see that if he struggles, people will say, see, this is what happens if you don't give players a real spring training in full season. Or they could say, like, he's been bad all along, look at the postseason, and that's why nobody signed him, so there's no way to win. Except for there's one thing that I feel like baseball fans have won and Kimbrel and Keichel have won in that neither of them went to the Yankees <laughs> and neither um have to shave off their beards uh, because i'm not saying that they wouldn't look good without them i just i always really feels to me like the inability to make the choice to have a beard or not really strips a baseball player of his dignity
0: i'm surprised that that's still a thing especially in this day and age where where everyone can pretty much get away with anything and do and look however they care i'm, I'm i wonder how much longer that's going to go on
1: yeah, I don't know, especially since it's clearly so cool to have long hair and a beard.
0: But I guess. I have a sh- very short hair and no beard, so I guess I'll have to take your word for that one. I just
1: mean, like, four baseball players. Oh, absolutely.
0: There, it's everywhere.
1: Like, it's the, it's the vogue, is to have long hair and a beard, and it's, you know, it's been it's been for a while, so... I Someone, ob- Someone eventually is going
0: to be a big name, and they're going to sign them, and it's not going to... I would have thought Harper maybe had a chance... Uh, if he had ended up there, I would would have wondered what that would have happened. But uh, I don't know. Eventually, this somebody's gonna, some some kid is going to come up at 22 years old and be like, I'm not shaving my beard for anything, and then they'll stop it eventually.
1: I don't know that the 22 year old is the one who's going to be able to put his foot on about that. He's probably gonna be the one the most likely to just toe the toe the company line.
0: Yeah, maybe. But it seems like the 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 people that age now are the ones who are opening their mouths more than ever before and, and especially standing up for what what they want to do and what they think is right. So I don't know, we'll we'll see. We'll I, see. I have a thirteen year old who's already full of opinions. I
1: Oh, sorry. Say that one more time. I said
0: I have a thirteen-year-old who's already full of her own opinions, which is great, oh, okay. and I'm very supportive of them. But I just—it feels like it feels like this—you know—latest generation is is kind of ready to knock some walls down. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we can all. Dream. <laughs> and I don't know if the Yankee beard rule is exactly the kind of <laughs> 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 wall that we're set to to uh, send down. That's the glass but... ceiling that I want to break. Okay. <laughs> I oh.
1: I I can never unsee Andrew McCutcheon without a beard. Like he was he was strangely unrecognizable. It was like it was like a lion without its mane. Yeah. But like like a lady lion. It was like a male lion with like a shaved mane. I was like, "Oh, they shouldn't do that to you."
0: It, it's like the reverse. Did you see that that Snapchat filter with made everybody male? It was kind of the opposite of that. I don't know if you. I don't know.
1: Yes, with some horror, I did. I did see that.
0: <laughs> I mean, there was. I thought there was a few people that looked all right on, but yeah, overall horror. I,
1: yes. No. Actually, the the horror that I was referring to was only vis-a-vis myself ah. and my husband when he was on the couch and he was like, "Hey, look at this," and I didn't know what it was, and I was like, "Ah!" Ha, ha. So, yeah. um. The, but no, actually, I was happy to see my my uh, my. Instagram was full of actually very attractive men and women who were opposite gender in real life. And I, uh,
0: so let's, let's get back on track.
1: I'm all for gender fluidity is what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Uh, let's move over to Oakland, where they have just—it's uh, like they have a pitching factory over there. It doesn't matter what year it is or what it is; it's just—it's just pitch. Starting pitchers come through Oakland. It's like where it all starts, and it's—it's it's no different. Again, this year they have Frankie Montes, who's you know 26 years old, eight and two ERA under three, 79 strikeouts in 76 innings, uh, including he and he's uh, on a nice roll lately. Uh, He's allowed more than two earned runs in just one of his last seven starts. Uh, more, more than five strikeouts in six of those seven. I mean, he's doing fantastic. They have Jesus Lazardo, who looks like he's close to coming back. I mean, is there just any ace pitcher that you don't like? I mean, young ones, not like Mike Fires. I know he threw a no hitter, yeah, but he, like, uh, he stinks. Mike Fires, <laughs> he's he's terrible, not... but.
1: Super excited about starting Brett Anderson.
0: I okay. Let me rephrase that. Ace <laughs> pitchers twenty six and younger.
1: Well, uh, I mean Tanner Anderson. I think he's twenty six. Started yesterday and like had a had a decent, not like super exceptional start. Um, but uh, I I mean I think that Montes has really clearly established himself as, as the ace of their staff. Uh, and and his breakup this year has been so, uh, so exciting. Um, and it's really in part because he's introduced a splitter, which sort of works as a change-up, and he throws it predominantly to lefties. And his slider is decent, and he's got good velocity on his fastball. It's around 97, and basically he's getting batters to chase more this year with his pitching mix. So that means that we're seeing an increase in strikeouts over the last year when he was really just working to keep his walks under control, but now he's maintained that good control um, but sort of increased his strikeout rate to what it, what it was the year before that. So his K percentage is almost up 10 points. Uh, it is 24.8 uh, this year, while his walk rate is down about a percentage to 6.3 from last year. And I think one of the most dreamy things about him in this particular environment is that he's been extremely good at limiting home runs so far. Um, it's only 0.71 uh, per nine, which is incredible. So basically all those things add up for him to have a pretty good fit. Um, 304 is not a lot more than his 284 ERA. So all of this is to say is just, and I'm not the only person to say this, is I think what we're seeing is is pretty legit. Um, And if he, if he tails off later in the year, I would expect that to be something that would be more about getting injured or health or hitting his innings limit or something rather than his abilities. Uh, But you, you mentioned Luzardo uh, also, and um, we were all so excited about him this past off season, but, people might have forgotten uh, that he's one of the best lefty prospects in baseball. And Zips actually projected him to be the best A starter, but I think that was before we saw the change from Montas. So I don't know that we can necessarily assume like Montas is so great and Luzardo is going to come back and be even better. Um, so last year he had moved pretty quickly up through, through high A double A and triple A um, and did well, but he only had four starts at triple A, two of which were not great. Um, two of which were very good, uh, and his 4.62 FIP over those starts as a whole suggests that they weren't quite as bad as the 7.10 ERA in those four starts would lead you to believe. Um, but I'm I'm mentioning this because the expectation for this season was that he was going to have to spend at least a little bit of time in AAA, um, sort of getting seasoned before he got sidelined with his shoulder strain. So I think that the real question is, and the question for anybody who is um, turning their their lonely eyes to Lizardo, hoping to save them from uh, the incredible dearth of pitching that we have this year, um, is I'm not sure how long it's going to be before we see him in the majors. I certainly think that he's got a good chance to be an impact arm, but potentially he not only needs to... Have. He also needs to spend some time at AAA.
0: I hope it's soon. Uh, I am stashing him in uh, the TGFBI. Uh, I stashed also Andrew Haney. So I've like this and and Didi Gregorius. This was like I, my entire bench was guys I was stashing uh, in this league, which explains why I'm in 11th place in my in my league right now. But uh, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's still a long season. Like I said at the start of the show, we still have three months. So I'm hoping to make that late charge. And Luzardo is certainly a guy that I'm hoping is, is, I mean, it should be worlds better than anyone who's available on the waiver wire right now. So, and I also did not look at his ownership percentage, but I'm sure it's not, uh, I would be surprised if it's over 50% right now, uh, but he is getting closer. I mean, he is pitching now, so he's, you know. Yeah,
1: well,
0: it's he not is far maybe off.
1: even pitching, like, right now as we speak. Um, so the, the thing is, a couple of weeks ago, um, Susan Slesser, who's the A's beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, had seemed to suggest that we might not see Lizardo until August. And oh. and she said his timeline was after that of A.G. Puck. Um, but they are both pitching this evening. I was listening to a little bit of the game online, but only Puck had uh, pitched so far by the time that we you and I got together to record. So I have no idea um, what uh, how Lizardo has done. But you... Folks listening to this in the future, you will have more information than we do now. Um, but she had thought that Puck would probably would would be up before Lizardo, and I think that that's partly because they're just expecting to use Puck as, as a bullpen arm this year, but I think that they are hoping that Lizardo will start for them. Um, so... I I think it's because they're pitching tonight. I think it's still likely that we might see them sooner than what um, Susser had originally suggested. And obviously the A's are in the playoff hunt, but Lozardo also has an injury history. He's already had Tommy John, so I'm sure that they'll just be weighing his health and, and development with how badly they need him.
0: Yeah, it's like pitchers aren't even pitchers until they have Tommy John's. Like once you have, yeah. All right, we got that out of the way. Now you can yeah. start your career. It's it's
1: yeah, it's like the the manhood ritual of being a, a pitcher. It's the it's the it's the bar mitzvah.
0: There you go. Being a yeah. All right, let's move on. I thought you were going to say bris after you said manhood, so I'm glad you went with bar mitzvah. Uh,
1: I, I'm, I'm, I'm very not Jewish, so I don't know a lot. About
0: oh, it. I'm not Jewish either, but I know what a brist is. Thank you from Seinfeld. Uh, anyway. I, I,
1: I also, I also know what it is.
0: Okay. <laughs> I figured you did. Let's, <laughs> let's
1: mo- move on. Let's go
0: back to your team. Uh, a guy that you and I have discussed, uh, Before the season even started, the last time you're on, right when the season started, was Nick Pavetta, who was like everyone's sweetheart. Like, everyone was, oh, Pavetta, Pavetta, Pavetta. Came out, to say he came out flat to start the season was an understatement. Uh, He didn't get out of the fifth inning, his first three starts. He allowed 14 earned runs in those three starts, and by the time the fourth start came around, he was in the minor leagues. Fast forward to Memorial Day weekend against my Cardinals. He comes back uh, three inni- three runs over five innings with six strikeouts. June 2nd against the Dodgers, six shutout innings with no strikeouts and no walks. And then just the other day...
1: Nine nine strikeouts. What did I say? You said no strikeouts.
0: Oh, I, was, I meant no walks. <laughs> no walks, nine <laughs> strikeouts. My fault. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, Sure. The last uh, timeouts against Cincinnati hurls a complete game, uh, gave up one run, again no walks, and six strikeouts. Is this the Pavetta everyone thought was going to start the year, or is he just teasing us, uh, and he's going to come back to earth?
1: Okay, so I've been actually getting stuff together to write a piece about Pavetta on the turf, um, where I write about the Phillies, but uh, it feels very dangerous to prognosticate about three Pavetta games because of course last year was a total roller coaster in terms of production um which is better than the amusement park ride that you mentioned of his first few starts this year I don't even know what amusement park that would be like the drop of terror or something uh I might have to use that in my article anyway so um the thing is, if if we're scrutinizing the numbers of the past three games, as you mentioned, Pavetta hasn't walked anybody at all in the last two games. And I would love for that to be the pitcher he is, but I don't think that it is. Um, I even think his walk rate last year made him look like a better command guy than he is. So that is one area where I definitely expect to see some regression there moving forward. And that will mean that his FIP isn't necessarily the 280 that it's been in the last three starts. Um, On the other hand, we always knew that he had the potential to strike a lot of guys out, that he had a pretty decent ground ball rate. And the thing that has actually excited me most about these starts is this, um, which is that Pavetta has always been prone to the blow-up start, and it seems like things can unravel for him. And this is not just my conjecture. There have been comments from coaches about his focus and his mentality on the mound, and for me, this really highlights how incredibly hard it has to be to have that mental fortitude. Um, You know, I just sort of from my perspective in my career, people are always commenting on how actors have to deal with rejection and brush it off, and it's true, it's hard. You get better at it, and then some weeks it'll just hit you. But being a pitcher seems... Like infinitely more mentally and spiritually difficult for me, um, so I respect the difficulty of sort of like the mental side of the game. So all of that said, um, in these starts, uh, and I'm sorry, my dog is just going crazy. That's okay. Pavetta, so that's that. That's that sound of that's a monster in the background is my dog. Um, but in these starts, uh, Pavetta's really kept his pace up, and there have been a number of quotes. Quotes from teammates and coaches about him maintaining that pace and not overthinking things. And what excites (laughs) me—my dog is really making me laugh. And what excites me um, is actually that when he's given up runs, which is was in the the start with the Cardinals and the start with the Reds, it's been in the first inning, and then he settled down. So rather than letting giving up three runs get to him, he's gone back out there and shut the offense down. And since I really think that a lot of Pavetta's difficulties have been psychological and not mechanical, that's actually something specific to be proud of. So I really hope it continues, and I'm rooting for him so hard.
0: I have picked uh, him up in a couple leagues, and for that alone, I am rooting for it to continue as well.
1: Well, thanks, yeah. I mean, you know, I it, I would definitely, if, if, if somebody, if he's out there in somebody's league, I would definitely recommend picking him up if he's available. Um, but he's just not gonna be like maybe ever but certainly not now a set it and forget it kind of guy like you're gonna need to keep tabs on him Um, and just because he dominated the Dodgers doesn't mean for example that I will necessarily be trusting him this uh, weekend against the Braves I'm very afraid of this series in general although that fear could just be homerism because, of course, homerism cuts both ways. It's not just like I think my guys are so great. Sometimes it's like I am more than usually afraid of my guys.
0: I I actually did not start him this week against the uh, the Braves as well, so it's uh, it's not homerism. I, I'm with you on that one. I, I I sat him down.
1: Um. Well, we're on the same page. Yeah.
0: Well, let's do one more question, and it's kind of a two part question, and let's let's hit home to your leagues. Uh, I don't know how many you're in, uh, but I know it's more than one. So, uh, I guess... It what, is four. Four. Did you
1: want me to answer that question? I am in four leagues, yes.
0: Give me one guy who you've had, who had a lot of hope for that is really disappointed, and give me one guy that you kind of threw a dart at that's really come through for you.
1: Sure. Um, so, in terms of disappointment... I, I drafted in. Can I can I kind of pick two? Sure. I, I in two leagues. I drafted both Jesse Winker and Aloy Jimenez, and they have both been uh, sort of a disappointment from what I had hoped for them. Um, for Winker, I. Actually, I dropped him and then I picked him back up when he got hot and then I dropped him again for other players uh, like, you know, Jordan Alvarez, which is I'm not regretting so far. No, definitely. Um, but uh, I've I've hung on to Jimenez. Um, but of course, I drafted him thinking that he'd have like a 280 batting average and at 230 he is not buoying my team like I wanted. And he's sort of actively killing you in runs and RBI also I was just looking at it, and I was like, "How is it that he has only scored eight runs that are not home runs? That's ridiculous. Um, so yeah I I mean, all of it said uh, he has hit three home runs in his last four games, and so he could be heating up, and I haven't dropped him because I still think he's got as much potential as you know practically anybody else that I might pick up on the waiver wire. At least personally, I don't know, maybe I believe in him too hard, uh but yeah he is he has been a disappointment, particularly in one league where i have have many many disappointments. This is a league I've won for the last couple of years, and I have clawed my way back to eighth place <laughs> <laughs> like last for the first few weeks of the season, so
0: yeah. I was with you on Winker. Uh he's a guy that I drafted in multiple leagues and only still hold in one and that's a 15 team league where it's just there's just there's just nothing better. Uh, if something yeah. better would come along, I would go for it, but right now he's just slowly dragging me, you know, into a hole in the ground, but I do still own him in one league hoping that the the turnaround comes eventually.
1: Yeah, well, I only like I'm just in some I'm in 3 12 team leagues and and then it uh twenty four team league. So uh if I owned Winker in the twenty four team league I would still have him. And I can see that if it were a fifteen team league, I probably I probably would still have him.
0: Yeah, I'm not thrilled about it, but I do still have him. Yeah. Alright, who's your who's your boom guys?
1: So, um I actually there have been a number of pleasant surprises in aforementioned twenty four team uh dynasty league that I didn't foresee. Um, So just some quick shout outs I didn't know that uh, Hyunjin Ryu Was going to be one of the best pitchers in Mm -hmm. baseball But I have him Um, And I had very high hopes for Griffin Canning But it's been nice to see him Translate his strikeout rate from the minors to the majors And his 16% swinging strike rate Is is pretty creamy Um, But the guy that I'm Really going to spotlight here I feel like the best answer to this question Is David Fletcher Because 2014 league and I got him at auction just because I thought he was going to be, like, a body with a job who wasn't 35, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've been really pleasantly surprised. Um, it's it, That's a points league, and the boy just does not strike out. Um, he strikes out uh, 6.3% of the time, which is just such a tiny, cute strikeout rate. Um <laughs> He's been batting .308 with five steals and four homers, which four homers might not sound like much, but he only had one homer last season in 307 plate appearances. So, I mean, maybe we can thank the bouncy baseballs. But, yeah, David Fletcher is, you know, I I feel like could be useful to somebody in not just a 2014 Dynasty League, but be useful in other leagues as well.
0: I also I'm in uh, one of the Tout Ward leagues. I'm in one where you draft and hold. So we drafted 50 rounds, and whoever you have, you have for the year. And I also no, own no, David no. Fletcher in that league. So I'm uh, not that I'm saying I picked him, you know, in an early round, but I did stick him on my team. He had you know multiple position eligibility. I think he played second and third. So I I was drawn to that. And like you said, he doesn't strike out, gets on base. It's an on base percentage league. So yeah, and he he has he has exceeded my expectations nicely.
1: Yeah. I'm very surprised. I might keep him next year.
0: So... Thank you very
1: much, for him. We'll see.
0: I think that about covers it. We're about 40 minutes in, which is I didn't want to hold you any longer than that, but I wanted to say again, thank you for coming on the show and take a, one more chance to, to promote your social media and all of that where anyone can find you if they want.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so my Twitter is at Ellen underscore Adair. That's A-D-A-I-R. And my Instagram is, uh, Ellen Adair G, the letter G, not like G E E. So, not that, not that thing I just said, just Ellen Adair G. Um, and my website is also EllenAdair.com.
0: Well, good luck to your Phillies the rest of the way. I hope that they fall in the NLCS to my Cardinals, uh... But uh, they're off to a good start. Good luck in all your fantasy baseball leagues. Hope you take home all four and uh, keep in touch. And, and we appreciate you very much for coming on the show.
1: Absolutely. It's such a pleasure to be on. And I, I'm, I'm honored to have been your last baseball 2019.
0: And I will use a baseball reference and say you knocked it out of the park. So,
1: no, I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> thanks very much and uh, look forward to talking to you again.
1: Likewise. All right.
0: Thanks. That's Ellen Adair. Find her all over social media, uh, all over the place, and, of course, uh, at baseball stadiums near you. That wraps it up for the Fighting Chance Fantasy Show tonight. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.